Well, here we are, the official Red Patch Boys podcast. My name is Ben McClellan. The man beside me on the screen is Cam Millar, and we're going to look to navigate all things Red Patch Boys, all things Toronto FC, and we're so glad that you could be along here. Um, just an absolutely terrific idea by a couple of our friends uh, in the Red Patch Boys to get this podcast started. And uh, it's finally nice to see this idea come to fruition. Cam, how are you, my my friend? I'm very good, Ben. Thank you so much for asking me to join you. This is an absolute treat. Yeah. And, you know, can't think of many guys that would be better for this spot. Um, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, or I guess a quick intro of what we plan to do first before we get into that is um, we look to use this as an engagement tool. Bring everybody into the Red Patch Boys, um, even if it's just the slightest bit of interest. It's been such a long year without lost socialization for everybody. It's been so long since everybody's been in that stadium. So we want to be able to get our voices heard uh, from the Red Patch Boys. Get those interested, even in the slightest bit, in with us. We want you. Um, and uh, so you're going to hear a lot about this group, our events, what we're doing, what we're planning, the whole nine yards there. And of course, we'll touch on TFC because that's at the end of the day, that's what we love. Uh, how's that sound, Cam? I think it sounds actually delicious because I'm starved for Toronto FC and I'm starved for some Red Patch boys. It's been a long time since I've stood in the stands with yourself and some of the other members. I just feel like it's been well over a year since I got to enjoy myself some real life footy so this was overdue i couldn't agree more so i guess my story to start us off is i went to my first toronto fc match the inaugural season uh it was actually one of their rare wins that year but uh, that was my first live soccer game so i saw that south end for the first time and going to sporting events since i was a little kid i saw that south end and i'm like it was it was unheard of for me i'd never seen anything like that following year i was luckily and lucky enough to see a game in the supporters and in the red patch boys and uh, i didn't want to go back after that it was it was so cool and so new to me um i didn't want to try anything else uh so luckily i was able to get season tickets a few seasons later uh started in the north end at the time it was the north end elite who soon became the kings of the north um, and then a few seasons after that, I was in the red patch and I couldn't have been, I can't stress how welcoming and how cool everybody over there was. Um, especially me as a little kid, I always thought it was kind of intimidating seeing all these, what, what my dad called them at the time rowdies. Um, it was, it was so cool and so special to be welcomed in with open arms. And, uh, how about your story, Cam? Well, I don't know if I started out as a rowdy, but, um, I, I've grown up in a, in a football or soccer household, my, my parents being English. It was EPL on the weekends and then just playing soccer as a kid. It was you know three or four times a week. Uh, and I was lucky enough to actually uh, academy with uh, Toronto Lynx. And so I used to go to Lynx games all the time, sort of the original or OG professional soccer team in Toronto. And I, I remember fans there who were the rowdies, you know, singing, um, let's rock down to a, a Edgar Bartholomew, uh, you know, all these little fun songs where I was like, what is this creativeness? Um, so, you know, fast forward to TFC being their inaugural season, I, I had to go. I, I wanted to get and see a game. And lucky enough, I saw the Dickio goal. I was in the, oh gosh, would have been the Northeast stand. So 
east side but towards the north end uh i threw my my seat cushion when he scored and never got it back so if you do have your seat cushion congratulations uh and that kind of birthed my my love affair with my own local football team uh, i didn't get involved with red patch boys for, for years later kind of born out of a necessity of wanting to get tickets to the game I had a friend who was on the forums, quite active, uh, Nick, or, or I think it was Kodak TFC. If he's still on there, you can send him a note. Uh, and he said to, to get involved. So, you know, register online and you can reach out on the forums for, for tickets. And it started off there, but there was some murmurings around getting involved as a member. And, and I, I took it from there and it ended up, I was doing tailgates. I was meeting all these different people. And I, I always thought it would take a long time to get involved, but it was within the first three games. I felt like I was very much a part of the family and I haven't looked back since. So I, I think that began back in 2014. So it's been a, a few years now and I, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, I think, I think you touched on everything there that makes this group so special right and now. In, in my case, I was never a big footy guy before Toronto FC and before I was in the Red Patch Boys. So that certainly brought a love to the game of soccer for me, uh, my dad as well. So certainly special on that end. And as we go on with this podcast, obviously, we thank you for listening. This is our first episode, and we're so glad you could be along the ride here with us. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more about our personal stories and how we got uh, to be a part of Red Patch and where we are now with that group. Um, but we've got so much to get to in this first episode, luckily with the supporters assembly, which just happened earlier this week. Um, so what were a couple of the takeaways for you there, Cam? The, uh, virtual assembly was great. I think that was the first time I've been able to feel a part of the club again. I don't know if that translates well, but you know, usually when you're in the stadium, you're at these games, or at least you're you're constantly talking about games going on. You feel very much in the know, kind of on the heartbeat of, of everything. And I just haven't felt like that since they moved down to the U.S. and it was it Connecticut or Hartford they were playing. You yeah. felt distance from them. So this, you know, being on kind of a, a Zoom chat like we are now with uh, Gonzalez, with Armas, with um um ollie curtis and 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 everyone like it just felt like ah i'm back in the 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 bloodstream of tfc um and it was exciting to hear and 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 talk about things with everyone but uh, i'll be honest it was weird celebrating the signing of our sort of management versus the signing of a player it seemed like they were tooting their own horns the whole time yeah that, that's that's probably a very good way of putting that and i think that's kind of a growing frustration amongst all tfc fans at this moment um the the question came up and i salute whoever brought that up for ali and bill uh but it was pretty clear that they're kind of trying to deflect that um and celebrate the the signing of our execs rather than any incoming player give us any news of an incoming player and we are getting extremely close to the start of the season here and uh, we haven't heard a thing. So, you know, where are your thoughts on that? It's funny. Since that, and uh, Ali Curtis did bring up a very good point. Living in Toronto right now isn't the greatest. I'm not sure where you're listening from. I live right downtown, uh, right by Billy Bishop. I'm walking distance to BMO Field. I actually jog around it whenever I go jogging, which hasn't been very recently due to the weather. Um, but... It, getting someone to come here, it can be difficult. Yes, we have the best fans in North America, in my opinion, and that's been a draw for players. And, and you know, Coach Armas said the same thing. But they're not playing in Toronto. 
they're playing in, in Florida. So you're going to have to have a player come in and then move again and relocate his family and, and everything. So there's a lot of red tape around coming here right now, which I totally understand. And that's difficult. If you're getting anyone in here, that's fantastic. But what was it? Maybe 48 hours, 24 hours after that assembly, they announced bill got extended as well. It's like, okay, we get it. You, you keep, giving the guys up top contracts. Great. They're still here. Who's actually going to be on the field. Who's going to score goals. Cause apparently they can't. <laughs> it was almost kind of a slap in the face, right? Like it's just a big middle finger. It's like, we know you want this news, but we ain't giving it to you. You guys can wait. And I've just got this, this feeling that we're going to be waiting a while. Um, it's, you know, the question was posed specifically are we going to be seeing a new dp for the start of the season and like you said you hit on it the living situation in toronto is tough relocating to a new country amidst a global pandemic which we're still in the middle of um so that's definitely wear a mask yes please please wear a mask we want to be back in the damn stadium god damn it um but yeah we're we're getting to that spot where you're starting to feel it and it's like uh, i don't know if we've got what we want here like by no means am i saying we're not a good team we're still an awesome team but there's still pieces missing and luckily one of our questions which we got from one of our uh, listeners we're going to touch a little more on the actual dp talk later as uh, as we get into our question segment there but uh we'll look at omar gonzalez's comments um says the team is not afraid of the virus anymore um the new outbreaks happen they feel like they're moving past it compared to the season last year what did what did you take away from that it's interesting the i think the mental um exhaustion was massive on the team last year having to play a season like that was extremely unique even watching the mls kickoff tournament when i thought we played really good footy you'd see it drop off in the last maybe 25 minutes 20 minutes where we lost a couple of games or, or dropped points just due to the fatigue there it showed through even further later in the season where these players hadn't seen their families and and even when they'd had time off some of these guys don't have you know, families, they're young guys. They could be single. They didn't really get, have a chance to turn off from, from the footy. And so, you know, Omar had, had that to say is that now they've adjusted to the virus and the change. They're ready. They're more mentally, I think, strong or more mental fortitude. Uh, but the fact remains that it, it's just now getting that family connection. And I think the club has now organized families to come down and stay with them in Florida in the bubble. So hopefully we'll have a bit more of a community down there, sort of a, a, a relocated, uh, you know, 416, if you will. Um, and, and so that was great to hear that their, their, their mental fortitude is there. And I've said this in our sort of more social group and with you, you hope players like, Gonzalez, who national team player, you know, MLS Cup winner, his experience and leadership is got to pay more dividends than his ability on the field, right? Probably the biggest guy on the pitch, but his his physical ability is not going to be as much as some of the younger guys coming up. So we'll need that leadership, that mental fortitude to really help us. So I really hope this older core of the team uh, continues to be the leaders we think they are. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about the MLS, when you look at it compared to uh, other leagues all around the world 
is you get some older guys generally. You know, you your rosters in the MLS are made up of more veteran guys than you would a team in Europe, for example. So that aging aspect is definitely a big one in this league. And that definitely came out a little bit last year, I think. And you spoke on the family aspect. Um, it was so tough during the pandemic for guys to be away from their families for this long. So that obviously plays into their um, impact on the pitch. And speaking of family, uh, our own Brad Humber, our very own president here at Red Patch Boys, uh, was featured in a piece in the Toronto Star, uh, kind of looking at all the settings for Toronto sports, what we we're so used to before this pandemic, going to games. Uh, for me personally, I my main source of entertainment was going to live sporting events, whether it be TFC every weekend or a forge matchup in Hamilton, whatever it may be. Um, and he kind of talked about that in this article. What'd you think of that? It was great to remember all the magical moments that had happened in Toronto sports recently, whether you're talking about the, you know, Kawhi four bounce shot to make the Eastern conference finals, uh, whether it's the bat flip, um, a couple of years ago, which I heard while walking to a TFC game actually. Uh, but so many of those moments as iconic as they were, were really based around the fans. The fans' reaction, the celebration, the elation that the fans got to revel in from the players as well. And, you know, look at some of the goals that Gio scored for us, you know, Altador, Pazuelo. Like, it's really our reaction and that explosion uh, from, from the fan base that makes the moment iconic. Of course, the play is. But even today, you, you see these highlights all across the world in football. It's not quite the same because the fans aren't there. So I think uh, old Prez there hit the nail on the head when he says it's, you know, it's getting back to be together and feeling connected and celebrating as one. And as much as I won't buy into the all-for-one branding, you know, all-for-one. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, it's just hearing our intro at the start of the show gives me chills with, with the goals that we put in there with Altador scoring in the Eastern conference finals in 2017 and Pozuelo's debut chipping Sean Johnson, the crowd noise in there just makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And I, unfortunately I wasn't able to be at their home opener before the world shut down. So I'm, I don't think I've been at BMO for a match since the playoff run the year previous um <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's it's definitely getting to me at this point right and speaking of bmo field uh one of our own members built <laughs> i don't know how you have the patience to build bmo field out of lego but my god is this impressive I'll give you uh, an excuse, or I think a, more of a solution to that question, Ben, is if you were a fan of TFC, TFC since the beginning, y you had a lot of patience for a team. <laughs> That's fair. Considering That's some of fair. our results. So yeah, I no think this, <laughs> this Red Patch member um, has, has, has shown the patience to be able to painstakingly reconstruct new BMO. It's not old BMO. This is, you know, the full-on roof, the the current um, iteration of this beautiful uh, stadium. So unbelievable patience and an amazing job. So uh, it goes to show you some of the amazing people part of, of, of Red Patch Boys. And uh, I, I hope to share more amazing things from our fans, whether it's their, their involvement in the community, whether it's something that they've done uh, for the team, but uh, really is a very special group of people. 
Yeah, no kidding. And we'll definitely look to hopefully speak to them in the coming weeks uh, as we get going here. And we'll transition over to some more heavily TFC topics now, uh, looking at what's happening with the team itself, uh, anything around the team news-wise. And we'll start with what just came out yesterday. Uh, We've got a new kit. And personally, I'm a fan. I love that they're incorporating the black in the or the i'm one of those people that wants the onyx back from a few years ago so i i personally love it i i really want it to be almost like beetlejuice from like onyx 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 and if i say it enough it's going to appear but maybe it's a hint maybe they're teasing us um you have to remember uh the mls is an adidas exclusive league so every single jersey will be adidas based and someone can correct me on this this is our podcast so i can come out and and and, and sometimes spew nonsense but i'm in the impression that unless you sell enough jerseys you don't get a third or you don't get an additional jersey release i believe you're um, correct on that which is why atlanta is apparently the only team getting one uh i know they've done stuff for uh pride they've done stuff for the um the forces days uh and they've done i think the plastic parlay jersey release um funny story my friend actually bought me a parley jersey and i had it around my neck leaving a tfc win and i was cheering and jumping down jersey fell off my my neck and i never found it again so whoever found my parley jersey after that release congratulations i hope you enjoy it wear proudly because i i'm very sad i lost it um but I bet my opinion of the jersey is I like it. Initial thoughts. I'm really tough to say because I hated last year's opening uh, when it came out. And then I saw it in real life and it grew on me. So until I see it on the pitch, I'm really going to hold off judgment. But uh, I like traditional red. I think keep it simple. I think we own red in the league. Chicago Fire's got nothing on us. Uh, Atlanta's got the stripes. Uh, <sighs> Real in terms Al of pure that red. kind of more burnt yeah yeah the pure red in we are the pure, pure red, red team in the we league are, yeah i agree and don't don't change it i think we need something else you yeah know, i want that onyx jersey <laughs> for sure and i'm all for i'm i'm a traditionalist in the way that i like a team having its roots and kind of sticking to the same thing each year maybe a little bit of a tweak here and there right but uh I am completely okay with TFC moving away from the all plain red kit and going to, you know, throwing in a little bit of black. The mock-ups I saw originally before the actual release, I'm like, it kind of looks like a keeper jersey to me. I don't know. And then that Josie leak, which (laughs) that video the team put out, just pure genius. Um, And for anyone who hasn't seen the video, can you explain (laughs) it to us, please? It is it's so Josie Altador to put it like quite as to explain it in as little world, as little words as possible. It is Josie Altador. Um, we all know Josie's a very colorful character on and off the pitch. Right. And that's why we love him so much here. Uh, <laughs> just these clips of him <laughs> talking about, Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to take a picture of it and put it on my Instagram. Oh, I give the fans what they want is how he closes it off. Yeah. You, you just love to see it. <laughs> the, yeah. The, 
uncoordinated, coordinated, unofficial, official leak from Josie Altador. I think it's genius marketing. I think they've always done a good job of it. Um, so yeah, that sort of off uh, side pitch interview. Oh, whoops. I didn't mean to is, is pretty gold. So bless up to, to old Josie. You're keeping us on a wave so far, brother. Let's, uh, let's keep it up. Oh, he has ever since he has ever since, um, <laughs> roster changes for Toronto to this point. <laughs> I'd like to get into this as much as we can, but unfortunately the team hasn't given us a whole lot to discuss there. Um, You know, we just discussed kind of the DP situation that we learned from the supporter assembly earlier this week. Uh, Kind of going back to that a little bit, they didn't give us a whole lot. Yeah, go let's for it. just say everyone who who may not know Piatti was not re-signed. Piatti's not yes. coming back, so that's the player who stepped away from the club. Bless him. I think he was a great servant to us. Would have loved him and, and the team as a whole to be healthier last year, um, and it just didn't happen. These are the things that that you deal with in in sports, and any Raptors fans out there get it this year. So sad to see him go, but. Uh, as a DP player goes, you know, who comes in next? And it's got to be that, you know, DP winger, someone who's got to be able to help Pazuelo unlock defenses um, with, I think, an eye on personally bolstering the back line with MLS defenders. I don't think you need a world-class defender. Um, you need someone who can fit the system. Um, and, and I think our youth are really stepping up uh, as strikers. It's just that, that connection. Where can we, we we fit it in there? Richie Laria did an amazing job of, I think, filling a role that Morrow used to do really well, blaze up the wing, you know, creative ball into the box, and, and someone's going to tap it in. Uh, so I'd love to see that as the DP player, personally. What about yourself? Yeah, I think we definitely need to look. I mean, in this league, you don't put DP spots. You don't give DP spots to defenders. And even midfielders sometime are kind of a rarity for it to happen, at least like a defensive, a defensive peer center midfielder. Like we've seen it before, but usually the DP spots in the MLS go to a striker for the most part, right? Or, or a crazy talented winger. And I think that's where TFC needs to look personally. Um, I liked what Pablo Piotti brought to Toronto. I was skeptical of the signing at first, giving given his injury history and, you know, we already have a guy like that in Josie Altador kind of holding up a DP spot as well, who really couldn't find footing last year. He always seemed to be hurt. Um, couldn't crack the lineup because he, he was recovering somehow or trying to get back in game shape. Right. It got frustrating for us fans. So I liked what Pablo Piotti brought. And I think even though he did have to take some time uh, away from the club due to injury, I think, for the most part, he, he was very good and the injury situation really wasn't too bad, uh, at least not to what I was expecting. So I was happy with what he brought. However, at the same time, I understand where the club's coming from. Right. And you, you kind of want to open up that DP spot for somebody who's a bit younger can maybe bring you a few more years. Um, so it's certainly an interesting situation. I've seen a couple different things circulating around, uh, the one I'm seeing a lot is Rafael Bore, who currently plays for River Plate, uh, mm-hmm. Colombian 25-year-old. Uh, personally, I don't know too much about him. I'm not too in tune with South American football, unfortunately. But I've heard very good things. 
and I've heard he's crazy talented, and he's getting some offers from clubs like Palmeiras in Brazil, uh, Vigo in Spain. So, I mean, that obviously speaks volumes. Uh, another one that I found interesting personally, and it's not one I want to use a DP spot on, is Junior Hoylet, a Canadian mm-hmm. national team member. Uh, I believe he's currently playing at Cardiff still. Uh, getting up there in age, I believe he's 31 now but can offer you a couple different things, um, you know, left wing, right wing can move up to striker if need be. Uh, the, the one thing here is, is I don't think he's kind of the caliber player you want to use a DP spot on, especially you almost for, want to pay for down with, national. Yeah. You want to pay down with Tam or something. Similar mm-hmm. to what we did with, with Brad. I think, I think, I think it's nice. a very, I think it's a very realistic signing if we use Tam to get him. For sure. And I would certainly take him on a TAM deal in a heartbeat. That'd be a great signing. But um, from that, if if this DP spot goes to Bore, I'm, I'd be pretty happy. And I excuse my apologies if I'm botching, botching that pronunciation of his last name. Or um, Bore, yeah. I, I was going to call yeah. him Bore, but yeah, that's, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, certainly will. Um, in terms of the back line, addressing the back line, Again, not something you usually see DP spots sent on. I think there's a lot of suitable replacements out there for guys like um, Simon leaving the club uh, mm-hmm. that are already in the MLS. And, you know, we saw the case where we took a guy on like Drew Moore, who was an MLS vet guy, and he was awesome for the time he was here. Uh, oh, so I would take, yeah. uh, I would certainly take another guy like that. Uh, well, it was Parkhurst in Atlanta, right? Parkhurst came over and helped really anchor that team, which was built around youth, built around South American, unknown South Americans in North American standards. But look what they did in the span of two to three years. They're kind of going through an identity crisis right now without Martinez. But when he's back, they're still going to be a very, very good club. Um, so I, I think if you can get the right MLS quality center back to, to help Mavinga allow Armist to, to get his system in place. And for everyone listening on the uh, supporters assembly, uh, Armist said, it's a lot about counter pressing. He quoted Klopp, you know, high press, hard press, you know, get teams to turn the ball over and allow our creative players to get in behind and score goals. Um, the concern will be look at what Liverpool did this year with the lack of Virgil van Dijk and, and Joe Gomez. You lose that center pairing and all of a sudden your entire team is exposed. And Bradley's been pushed back into center back a few times at TFC. So anyone who who watches the Liverpool and the EPL, that's a real risk that they've got to fix at TFC. So uh, I think a coach that's been known for using a lot of youth, believing in a lot of young guys, called out Schaffelberg a number of times. So really interested to see how he puts those players to use. Um, and, and we can speculate all we want, but I encourage everyone listening, get on the forums, get a conversation going. This is what it's for. Here's the chance to debate and 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 really bring up new information and, and have really fun conversations. You might hear someone bring out some really cool information about South American players because they watch the leagues we don't. So please, if, uh, if you're on there, jump on there and bring up the topic. And if you're listening for the first time, I highly suggest go to the redpatchboys.ca, get to the forums and register. It's free. All you got to do is sign up and get a username. If you want to be a member, you actually have to um, uh, send an email. But for now, just get on there and get involved in the conversation. Definitely perfectly put. And 
most definitely check out those Red Patch Boys forums. There are so many different conversations going on there. Uh, you'll find one that you like and that you're interested in. I can promise you that, to say the very least. Um, we'll switch gears now to our Red Patch Boys question box. Um, we were lucky to get a lot of question submissions from a few different members. So while we're still on the topic of kind of that designated player conversation, we got a question from at the Bouchard um, at the underscore Bouchard uh, on Instagram. And it was with Piotti gone, who takes his place? Uh, we just discussed the DP kind of debate. Um, did you want to look at some options that we've already got here? Um, did, would that interest you? Yeah, I, I think we've we've talked about Bore or Bore. Uh, I, you know, with with all that's going on in the world, we can really speculate there. But I think instead of picking an individual player, I think maybe we pick a position, and I think we we, we make our our stake to claim there. So I'm saying I'm saying a winger. I think we got a heavy midfield base uh, with Osorio, with with, with Chaffelberg, with. Um, Frazier and Bradley. I don't think they want to really put another player into that position. I think we bolster the wing with the loss of Piatti, with the, you know, Richie Laria being such a high intense player. I don't think he can play 90 minutes every game. So uh, I, I think that's where they go with a winger for me. How about yourself, Ben? I agree. If, if we're looking at it from a DP standpoint, I certainly think they go wing, they go winger, at least somebody who can kind of transition wing to striker. And that certainly makes the most sense for this club. Um, however, if you look at it from this standpoint, and I mean, there's a chance I could be missing a roster move or two here, but we've got a lot of depth uh, already within the club, kind of guys who can fill in on that wing spot, right? Guys like Deleon, he can play center. He can move out to the wing. He's been pretty good in his time here. Certainly not the flashy, you know, high excitement. He was a, well, he was a hero two years ago. I think last oh, year, definitely. maybe a touch of regression, but everyone did. I don't think, you you know, you expect him to come on in the 70th minute and score, a, you know, a worldie every single time. Uh, I think he's an absolute MLS workhorse. And you're right to say Delion as as a depth player. But a lot of these young guys, I think they got blooded last year. A couple of these, like, what, 17, 18-year-old kids coming on? Um, so you're right. The depth is there. Um, so where they find a hole to, to fill could be up top, could be a little leverage or I think, uh, relief for Josie. Although that does put, a I think a little bit of unfair, um, chips against, uh, the young strikers who did really well at the beginning of the season before the injuries. For sure. And, you know, as much as you'd like to just go, Oh, we need a DP to fill them in. One DP goes, we need another DP in. I, you know, I don't disagree, but so we mentioned Deleon and a guy that you just mentioned that Chris Armas brought up at the virtual assembly was Jacob Schaffelberg, somebody who didn't see a whole lot of time on the pitch this year. Um, but in the time that he does play has been quite good in my opinion. And I think you said calling him out. Armas called Schaffelberg out. I don't see it so much as like a, oh, he needs to be better. He he hasn't done what we need from him. Um, but personally, I think that that approach from Armas is kind of a way to to light a fire under Schaffelberg's ass and 
I think that's something that needs to be, you know, looked at. Give Schaffelberg the opportunity uh, to step in and play a big role. Uh, moving on to the next question, we've got one from at Davy Red, uh, which is, I believe, Davy Red on the forums. And this one's a really good one. And we'll certainly be touching on this a lot as we go on in the coming weeks. And that is how can we support our team virtually this season? That is a great topic because what I want this podcast to be is a resource for everyone to connect with. Uh, But it depends on how you typically watch sports. I'm a DAZN individual, so I have to uh, get onto either TSN or Sportsnet to watch those games. So I've got a um, either a temporary package I'll purchase, or sometimes I'll, I'll watch it with friends uh, if uh, it's that sort of single ho- household um, positioning. But if you've got a, a subscription to TSN or Sportsnet, one that's that's sort of where you can watch the games. In terms of a supporters community. I know that the Red Patch Boys are looking at doing pre-game Zooms where we can get together and chat and banter. It's kind of like anyone who's done any Zooms over the past year. You, you, you know, Everyone's going to be kind of uh, cascaded on a panel and we can have some discussions. If you haven't been involved in one of these yet, they're a lot of fun. I've done them when there's been a lot of us and I've done when there's been three or four of us. And it, they're both really fun. Sometimes it's more intimate. Uh, the only issue is when someone has a faster feed than you. And so I was about, oh, I think like 14 seconds behind one time. And you could always see people react faster than you. So be fair warning that you want to almost you know, um, preface that you, you might not be in the same feed. So that's probably the best way to stay connected. Um, what about yourself, Ben? How would you sort of you know, support TFC virtually right now? Yeah, it's certainly a really interesting topic brought up and I'm, I'm glad it was brought up because you know we're probably gonna be doing it for at least the good first half of the season to say the least um i know for sure that we'll probably see a couple you know try and get a couple pub gatherings going in which case we could probably set up a zoom feed or something that we can send out to uh orlando um i imagine that could be set up I know for the MLS Bacchus tournament, a few of you may have seen, we had the um, kind of like the Zoom call mid-match and you would appear on the screens in Orlando uh, for the games. The one thing I'm not sure people realize about that were those those screens weren't actually there. They were all graphic art from the TV networks. So as much as I would have liked to have seen TFC see my ugly mug on that screen mid-match when I was watching their match at 9 a.m., nah. Um, (laughs) So I'm not even sure the complex that they're playing at um, or stadium they're playing at, if it has a big screen, I don't know. Um, But I imagine something can be done by... Uh, not just us, the Red Patch Boys, but the other supporters group to at least send some type of video to them. Um, let us know we're there with them. And, you know, I'm sure something figured it can be figured out in that sense. And you know what? We're going to be hearing a lot coming down the pipeline in, uh, in the next coming weeks here as the season gets closer. Um, but a great question and definitely something to think about 
um, because we we are going to be in this virtual environment um, to start the year. Um, moving on, another question we got was, why did you guys choose RPB and not another group? Uh Great question here. Uh, for me personally, I touched on it a little bit at the start of the episode, but I first started in the North End Elite um, just because that's where our original season seats were closest to. So got really accustomed with those guys down there. Uh, had a good time. The group started to decline a little bit. RPB was always bumping from across the stadium. So that was that was my cue to head over there and uh haven't looked back since um what about you kim i think there's a lot of elements that come to play here and you bring up a couple of key points that i just want to touch on before i answer that the first is as a season ticket holder you were constantly at games and you got to see it and and you wanted to get involved not a requirement of an rpb member you you simply have to you reach out to our membership team and, and show the interest and, and you can actually be a member. You can, can pick up tickets here and there. You don't have to attend every game. The commitment is, is as much as you want to make it. So don't feel like you have to be a, a season ticket holder to be a member. That is not a requirement. Um, and, and you said there was a, a decline and you've got to remember that these groups are fully functioning separate from Toronto FC. We are supporters clubs, but we are, staffed or really built around volunteers whether it's our president all the way down to our membership team our away team our game day you know team that's the people who put up the banners the people who drum uh the people who who capo we're all volunteers so when you say there's a decline it's people that who have have maybe moved on with you know life they got busy so we're always looking for people who have an interest to get involved and add their voice to ours we are probably one of the loudest um supporters in the league uh, i know there's been a few people on the forums recently saying you know when they've traveled down to other parts of the the, the north america you people have said wow we could hear the away fans louder than our home fans so the big part of that is the people who are passionate about it so i, I encourage everyone regardless of what group you pick whether it's Red Patch Boys, whether it's Kings of the North, Original 106, Travel Rhythm Nation, just join them and be involved and, and, and put your hand up and say, how can I help? How do I get involved? Because there's, there's always something you can do. And I think that's why I joined RPB is that there was constantly chatter on the forums. There was a destination for me to find out what was going on, people to talk to and questions I had to be answered, whether it's how do we do uh, pregames? Where do we meet? What pub do we go to? Uh, how do I find tickets? I'm going down to Columbus to watch a game. How do I get tickets to sit with the fans there? Right. And so I, I think RPB was very organized from a, a, a digital and virtual um, setting that really enticed me. And then come the day, game day experience, it, it, just look at it in the corner, the, you know, um, the massive, the call and response, the, the, the this this beautiful pageantry to it that drew me in, and uh, that was before I think the size of Inebriati got, and maybe a younger Cam might have joined Inebriati because the passion that was there. Uh, but for someone who's traveled away, you know, every every, I think supporters group is going to have its drawbacks, um, and, and you've just got to find which picks best your personality. I find. Red Patch Boys is the most open and kind of, you know, anyone can come in and have a good time provided you try and get involved. 
I, I think you've got to be a bit more of a self-driver here. Even if you're casual, you'll find a way to enjoy yourself. So um, that's really what drew me in. For sure. And you hit everything there, um, which in the end of that qu- the, that response really segues well into this next question. And that is, uh, how do you see Red Patch Boys in terms of their inclusivity? Is RPB truly inclusive? If so, why? If not, what and how uh, can we be better? Um, I'll go, I'll go first here, Ben. I'm already talking. I think that's why you had me on the show. I just love to talk. (laughs) Um, it, it red patch boys in terms of inclusivity is a very broad spectrum of people. Everyone I've met in all different elements, uh, of all different parts of the stands at at the pub and they're all different. There's not a typical type of person. Um, and, and I think that's the most beautiful part about it. Other than somebody who loves Toronto FC. That's, well, that's the only comment. You don't yeah. even have to be a uh, you don't have to be a massive soccer fan like yourself. You're a sports fan who got sucked into soccer. You know, you don't have to be a know-it-all. You don't have to be following the team since day 1. You can just be like, "Wow, uh this is an amazing experience." I I have a very good friend who who uh, runs a bar here in Toronto. And I was like, you got to come to a game with me. Please come. I brought him in, I brought him into the Spurs section. He's like, "Where do I buy season tickets?" I don't care much for this this sport, but this is the best sporting experience I've been to in Toronto. And that's what it's about. It's just the people around you that make it special. And and, and I think we could have a a broader group of people that are younger. I think I'd love to see younger people in the group. Not that I want to push out the older members, but we do, we are the longest running group in, 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 in TFC history. So we've got people who have been there since day one. We have a forum member called old timer who apparently has done a podcast already, which I'm very excited to listen to uh, and have, have maybe the comparison. Maybe we'll have old timer on here, but they were saying as they were, uh, renewing their membership this year, right? How many of us are here from day one? And, you know, we, we have that sort of core group that I would love to see new blood come in. So male, female, non-binary, uh, and any BIPOC, anyone who's there, it does not matter other than you have a passion for, for Toronto and you want to, to feel unified. I think that's the big part about it. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more with you there. Uh, if there's one thing that I've learned in my time with the red patch boys it is that it doesn't matter race religion uh sexual orientation none of it matters you could be green blue red black white it doesn't matter if you love toronto fc and you love having a couple pints with everybody and you just want to have a good time the red patch boys is the place for you and like i said um a little bit earlier in this episode and in the test run episode we did to make sure this wasn't a complete shit show um, was that I was only nine years old when I got into red patch boys and they brought me in with open arms and I can't express how important that was to me. Cause at first when I saw it, I thought it was kind of this, this exclusive thing, this intimidating thing, but it was completely the opposite. And I was so glad for it that how how open they were to bringing me in. And, you know, the number of different people that I've met being a part of this group um, that I can say are my good friends is it's awesome. So like Cam said, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Come be a part of us. Uh, we, we want you and we can't wait to see you soon. Um, as soon as all of this starts to unravel and we can finally be back into 112. 
Um, and one last question. This is an interesting one. So we'll see what we can do with this. And it wasn't really covered in the assembly as much as I thought it would be. And it is there have been rumblings on the message boards over the years about a move away from 112 and closer to the other groups. What is our opinion on that? My opinion is that 112 as a section is its own entity. It is a part of Red Patch Boys. There are members of Red Patch Boys who sit in 111, right? They're right across from us. It's, you know, they're, they're very much part of the group. And when I am in a massive and I'm shouting, Keskevushante, I'm pointing at them. They're, that's a part of the group. And, you know, I've done massives the other way as well, which is okay. I don't mind that. And that's a great part about it is you can organically grow these chants and make them fun. But I'm always going to want to put my back up against the fence every once in a while, pick up a flag and have it sort of waving around there. I don't want to move. I love 112. If anything, give us more space. <laughs> yeah. Let us grow further and bigger. Um, but I, I would not like to see us move. Um, my view of the game is obscured. It's obscured because I'm too busy cheering and jumping up and down and yelling because I don't. I want my team to feel my energy and excitement. 99% of the time I go back and watch the highlights and watch the game again because I probably missed a third of it from whatever reason. Uh, I missed Josie's goal in the final because I had to pee to give you an example of what really happens in these games. But that's the reality of the situation. You're just adding to the energy and the excitement. That's what supporters do. You're the 12th man or 12th woman. You're, you're the, the person who adds that, that level of excitement. So whether we're in the corner, behind the net, in the nosebleeds, you will be heard, will be felt, and that's what's most important to me. Yeah, and you touched on it really well there. I think I love 112, and I'm not opposed to going somewhere else. You know, being closer to the other supporters groups would make it, probably make us a bit louder, right? But I do like the fact that where we are right now, we're certainly spreading all of that energy and passion out across that entire end rather than just a couple sections out there. So that's one thing for me. The other one for me, which... Again, another thing that kind of drew me to the group was how close you are to the action in that corner. The number of times I've like visibly seen players get pissed off at me personally. <laughs> You're a rowdy now. You're one of I them. Enjoy. You're a rowdy. Well, I remember a couple years ago, Donnie Toya playing for the Montreal Impact. I believe it was a game during the X. And... A, I don't remember exactly what I said to him, and B, I'm probably going to pass on saying it here, but we legitimately got into a shouting match, and I could see the frustration in his face, and that right there kind of makes me appreciate the spot we're in. It's like you can, you feel like you can actually play an impact on the match, right? You're that close to being able to ping a guy taking a corner in the back of the head with a roll of streamers, which is fun. They can hear you. They're going to act like they can't, but they can. So I think for me, in terms of unifying all the supporters, it would be cool to be closer and move out of 112. But I think 112 makes what we as Red Patch Boys are special. And moving on from that, that's it for us here on the first episode of the official Red Patch Boys podcast. Before we wrap things up, Cam, is there anything you'd like to say? Um, just closing, closing things off to give 
pass along a little information for the people listening. Certainly, Ben. And I think if you've made it this far, congratulations. That's a, that's a huge one. We, we did our first episode. Hopefully we don't get canceled. Uh, but considering we're the only ones driving this forward uh you know it'll keep coming but thank you so much for coming this far if you are a member please get on our thread and let us know what you like about the show what you don't like about the show i'm sorry you can't get rid of me yet maybe down the road you can get rid of me but for now it's just me and ben uh we will have guests come on there so if you'd like us to interview someone if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss please put it in the in the chat because this podcast is for you it really is for the red patch boys members it's about growing our community and growing our engagement so we can do more fun things and if you're not a member, very easy to be one. Get on the forums at redpatchboys.ca and create a username. I am the ambassador on uh, forums. Ben, you are... It's just my name, Ben McClellan. So easy. I don't so know simple. how I ended up with that, but yeah, not complaining. Because <laughs> you were nine years old when you made it. <laughs> yeah, um, you can see how clever I was then. But once you've made a username, you can participate in everything uh, without going into the members area. And the members area is for members only. And if you would like to become a member, you can just reach out to uh, membership at, is it Voice in the Stands? At voiceinthestands.ca. Yes. There it is. Thank you so much, Ben. Hey, of course. And, you know, you heard where you can find us on the forums, uh, on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can find me at BennyMac34. What about for you, Cam? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Cambassador. And on Twitter, I believe I'm uh, at the underscore Cambassador as well. I just changed it. So uh, I'm more active on Instagram, but please feel free to reach out, send me a note. Uh, but if there's anything else you need, throw it on the forums, throw it on the Red Patch Boys Instagram. It will make its way to us. And I'm very excited to bring new and exciting topics for episode number two. Ben, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Cam. I'm glad to be a part of this uh, with you. And with that being said, you've been listening to the official Red Patch Boys podcast. I'm Ben McClellan. That's Cam Miller. Come on, you Reds. 